MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, January 13th, 2020. Today, Pelosi changes course, a bombshell about Trump's motives in the Soleimani strike, Pompeo's definition of imminent, and Steyer buys his way into the Democratic debate as we approach the first primary three weeks from today. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Mandy Reeder. Hello. How are you? Great. Good. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah. Yes. It's been good. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Happy Monday to those of you listening on Monday. Yep. Happy uh, yeah. Monday. Hope your week is good. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, me too, because mm-hmm. weeks can be hard. You know what? Monday morning, it can either be a really optimistic time or a really like, oh, shit, uh, everything feels bad and I have so much to do this week kind of time. So hopefully it's the more positive one. Definitely. Hope your commute is going great. Mm-hmm. Hey, wave to the person next to you right now. Yeah. Smile at a stranger. Look at, the other, look at the other one now. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Smile at the person next to you at the stoplight, but really be at the, at the traffic light. Smile be really creepy about it. <laughs> yeah. And then sing songs. Beautiful. Yeah. Sing um, in your car. Great start. <laughs> happy monday friends really trying to really hype up the monday mm-hmm. um <laughs> i you know what though i remember when i was doing a regular work week tuesdays were worse yeah tuesdays were like you second still monday. weren't flying from the weekend second monday <laughs> and it's still so far away from the next weekend it was ugh, yep. tuesdays are i didn't like tuesdays so tomorrow but today yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, we do have a lot of news to get to, so let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, let's start with what I think is extremely overlooked news story in recent days. And that's the report out from the Wall Street Journal. And traditionally, that's a conservative news outlet. And it's called Trump's New National Security Team Made Fast Work of Iran Strike. Uh, this is a long article. It starts in the Situation Room Tuesday night, the Sit Room. Uh, After they got warnings that Iranian missiles would hit two U.S. military bases in Iraq, it goes on to say Trump's national security team in the sit room was relieved when they found out there were no casualties. Then there's a press conference the next morning. Trump didn't talk that night. He waited until the next morning. I personally think it's because he was just he wasn't presentable. (laughs) So they had to get him that way. Uh, They had to like mock up. Adderall bender or something. Do the weekend at Bernie's thing. Uh, Then the press conference was the next day, and that's when Trump said he wouldn't attack, but um, uh, he announced sanctions. And then uh, they they got they go into the the days before, um, like leading up to the strike on Soleimani. Then they talk about members of the national security team and who they are and where they came from, their favorite color, and uh, that how this team is more cohesive and full of yes men. And then they uh, talk about. Um, how Trump supporters loved the move, loved the strike on Soleimani, and Dems didn't, and then what Republicans thought of the Dems not liking it, and what the Dems thought, what Republicans thought of them thinking about not liking it. Then then they start talking about the nuclear deal, and what the Pentagon thinks, and how it's a big building with five sides, and how former officials were more hawkish, including Bolton. Uh, And then they go on about Bolton forever, and then how Esper is different than Mattis. Uh, And then they talk about Lindsey Graham, and golfing, and 
chemistry and Millie and then criticisms about the attack, like there's how there's no evidence of an imminent attack. And then, of course, the history of Syria and the chemical weapons and Assad. They go on for like 10 more paragraphs after that, going back to the dinosaurs. And then in paragraph 22, paragraph 22, they make this statement. Mr. Trump, after the strike, told associates he was under pressure to deal with General Soleimani from GOP senators he views as important supporters in his coming impeachment trial in the Senate. Mm-hmm. In paragraph 22, after all that, I mean, you, I got tired of me talking about what they were talking about, and I didn't even read you the whole article. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I'm still talking. <laughs> I'm tired of my own voice right now. <laughs> and then they get to that, that he was, that one of his considerations was impeachment. Mm-hmm. Is it that it was explicitly stated that they were Republican senators. Like, like it, it was not just an identifying characteristic that the Wall Street Journal added on that they happened to be supporters of impeachment, or was it like reported in the sense that because these guys are supporters of impeachment, that is why not supporters of impeachment, supporters I'm so of sorry. Trump. That's what I mean. In the impeachment, that's what I mean. Yeah, and Trump specifically said that mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. told an associate, he told several associates privately mm-hmm. that he was under pressure from wow. GOP senators who yeah, so it's very explicit him. then in the impeachment trial yeah and so he had to kind of that helped him I, I don't know if it i i doubt it was a hundred percent the decision maker but right it might have pushed him over right domestic quid pro quo yeah no <laughs> just the fact that he even said that i was only asking did he did he say that he you know was getting this pressure from republican senators period and then the wall street journal added that they happened to be but he straight up said that in his own words yeah God he said in the impeachment yeah. Um, these these guys support me yeah. in the impeachment trial. I got to make them happy. Yep. Wow. Uh, and a quick impeachment update for you. Pelosi has brought out her queen, so to speak, <laughs> if you play chess, in her dear colleague's letter um, to her caucus. She writes, dear Democratic colleague, for weeks now, Senate Republican leader Turtle Dick Mitch uh, <laughs> has been engaged in tactics of delay in presenting transparency, disregard for the American people's interest for a fair trial and dismissal of the facts. Yesterday, he showed his true colors He's very pale, though, <laughs> uh, and made his intentions uh, to stonewall a fair trial even clearer by signing on to a resolution that would dismiss the charges. The dismissal is a cover up and deprives the American people of the truth. Leader McConnell's tactic- tactics are clear. Um, they're a clear indication of the fear that he and the President Trump, have, he and the President Trump have regarding the facts of the president's violations for which he was impeached. The American people have clearly expressed their view that we should have a fair trial with witnesses and documents with more than 70 percent of the public stating that the president should allow his top aides to testify. Clearly, McConnell doesn't want to present witnesses and documents to senators and the American people so they can make an independent judgment about the president's actions. Uh, Honoring our Constitution, the House has passed two articles of impeachment against the president, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress to hold the president accountable for asking a foreign government to interfere in the 2020 elections for his own political personal gain. While the House uh, was able to obtain compelling evidence uh, of impeachable conduct, which is enough for removal, the new information, new information has emerged, which includes on December 20th, new emails show that 91 minutes after Trump's phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky, a top office management and budget aide asked the Department of Defense to hold off on sending military aid Mm -hmm. to Ukraine. On December 29th, revelations emerged about the OMB director and acting chief of staff Mick Mulvaney's role in the delay of the aid. The effort by lawyers at the OMB, the Department of Justice and the White House to justify the delay and the alarm that the delay caused within the administration. On January 2nd, newly unredacted Pentagon emails, which we had subpoenaed and the president blocked, 
raised serious questions about the Trump administration officials, um, concerns by Trump administration's officials about the legality of the hold uh, on aid to Ukraine. On January 6th, just this week, former Trump National Security Advisor John Bolton announced he would comply with a subpoena compelling his testimony. His lawyers have stated he has new relevant information. I am very proud of the courage and patriotism exhibited by our House Democratic Caucus as we support and defend the Constitution. I have asked the Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler to be prepared to bring to the floor next week a resolution to appoint managers and transmit articles of impeachment to the Senate. I will be consulting with you at our Tuesday House Democratic Caucus meeting on how we proceed further. That's a big statement right there. Wow. Uh, well, I'll talk to you about how we proceed further. Um, in an impeachment trial, every senator takes an oath to do impartial justice according to the Constitution and laws. Every senator now faces a choice to be loyal to the president or the Constitution. No one is above the law, not even the president. Thank you for your leadership for the people. Sincerely, Nancy. Damn. Pretty black and white. <clears throat> Thanks, Nance. Nance. <laughs> Aunt Nance. Aunt Nance. Um, wow. That's, and she put that out publicly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, she yeah. sent it to the colleagues. I don't mm-hmm. know if she put it out or if it got out. It, mm-hmm. it's, it was mm-hmm. made public and no one was, like, sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no one was like, hey, yeah, that was no supposed to be sad. Yeah. A welcome leak. <laughs> right. I There's mean, not many leaks that are welcome, but this one is. I, yeah, I don't think she would have written that letter. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, like, kind of just stuff that's already been said, more or less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except for the transmitting of the articles next week. Well, right, 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 right. Well, to be fair, not transmitting the articles preparation uh be prepared to bring to yeah. the floor a resolution to appoint managers and transmit articles to the impeachment or to the uh senate mm-hmm. so we find out more tomorrow then if, if you're listening on monday right yeah because it'd be tuesday yeah mm-hmm. and it also says um interesting um be prepared to transmit articles of impeachment not mm-hmm. the articles of impeachment right just articles of impeachment hmm maybe there's more Ma- Maybe. I think it's the Parnas thing, right? Because mm-hmm. Parnas's lawyer is like, we've got more stuff. Mm-hmm. Mom, mom, mommy, mommy. <laughs> um, oh, well, no, soon enough. <laughs> yeah, listen to what... Sit down, let me tell you a story. <laughs> so we'll see. But I, I like that letter. I thought it was well-written. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, speaking of Ukraine, State Department Friday released 42 pages of Ukraine documents in the American Oversight Freedom of Information Act case. The production includes heavily redacted emails from senior Department State Department of State officials and a letter sent to Yovanovitch, a letter to Yovanovitch instructing her not to testify or produce documents to Congress in the impeachment inquiry, wow. along with a response from her lawyer. Uh, but what's missing from this production is just as interesting. What's m- what's not there is as interesting as what's there. Although I, I got to say, a letter to Yovanovitch telling her not to not to uh, from, produce, and that was mm-hmm. from the State Department. From head, like top officials of the State Department. Yeah, that is so obstructiony. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's also I'm really proud of her for doing it anyway, even though she was intimidated by the State Department. Yeah, you know, and they wouldn't I, back her up. They already yeah. took her off the post at that mm-hmm. point too, right? Yeah, so. yeah, kind of at that point. You're <laughs> mm-hmm. like, mm, I'm just gonna tell them whatever. Yeah, they need to know. Um, and she did. She went and told the truth because she's a goddamn patriot. Yep. But anyway, what's missing from this? <clears throat> document production is just as interesting as what's there. Namely, zero communications between top State Department officials and Kaludi Rudy. The documents come from the time Trump was actively holding the Ukraine aid and the time period after Trump was busted for his drug deal. Despite the gaps uh, in these documents, more documents are coming. And each time they do, we'll see more evidence of wrongdoing, along with what they were holding back, which goes directly to the heart of the second article of impeachment, obstruction of Congress. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, an email from the State Department telling Yovanovitch not to testify. Um, that's blatant fucking obstruction yep. of justice in writing. Yep. In writing. Yeah. That's just crazy town. Nothing is crazy anymore. Everything's going to come out. I kind of <laughs> feel like the trial and the actual mm-hmm. impeachment articles are kind of irrelevant at this point because we know the Senate's not going to. Yeah. It's more just like what's going to convince the American people not to vote for Trump in November. That's kind of it. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. kind of at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, that means that we have to put up with him until then. Mm-hmm. Um, which two years ago seemed so But it's far. so much closer now. Yeah, it, it is. Happy but, but, Monday. Yeah. But so many bad things have happened. It's like, damn. I know. We're we just... also have more avenues at this point in time to feel effective in democracy, like mm-hmm. getting out the vote. Yes. efforts canvassing whatever just this stuff like that that at least occupies your time in a very productive way so mm-hmm. that's nice the next two years are going to be leading up to re-election and that's going to be super blatant and in our face which in a way is um a distraction from all the stuff that he's still doing which mm-hmm. is awful but it's also i think a beacon of hope and that things are going to change and we have an opportunity to change things very shortly let's take back the senate yeah. yeah. And like yeah. like I said a year ago, the best outcome is that we vote Trump out of office. We flip the Senate mm-hmm. and he is a private citizen yep. and can't be pardoned and gets his ass handed to him in federal prosecution. Now, I think he'll resign 10 minutes before he's about to be outed or outed, ousted <laughs> and um, pencil pardon him. But state crimes are still a thing, baby. Mm-hmm. State crimes are still a thing. I like that song. <laughs> state Crimes are still a thing. <laughs> we'll, we'll workshop that one. It's like shoop. There should be, a, <laughs> yeah. There should be like an Exodus music festival in DC when he leaves. Just have all of like the biggest stars in the world yes. come together. And yeah, just... I have like an en vogue mm-hmm. in my head. Yes, right now. yeah. Change all their lyrics to just say <coughs> "bye, bitch" over and over and over again, <laughs> <laughs> just to the tune of their hits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any en vogue song fits, really. Yeah. 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 Oh God, it's gonna happen. Sooner or later, it is going to happen. Yes. Yeah. At some point, he will be out of office. He will fucking be gone. All right. And you know what? I think we might outlive him. Perhaps. So I have to really temper what happens on that day because I don't want to seem too excited about something like that. Unless they put his head in a jar or something and he lives forever. That's for me. Oh, right. That's right. (laughs) Me only. Mm -hmm. Wait, you mean we're going to outlive him like as humans? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he's going to die soon. Well, he'll die before us. Right, of course. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's all I mean. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you meant like the podcast. (laughs) I mean, unless... (laughs) (laughs) That too. (laughs) Watch. No, but uh, like, barring us get hit by a car or whatever. Oh, yeah. Not gonna lie. (laughs) We'll be right back after this break uh, as we cast some spells of protection. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Native Deodorant. Did you know that many conventional deodorants contain aluminum, which uh, forms a plug in your sweat glands and keeps you from sweating. It's really bad for you. Yikes. But Native Deodorant is made without aluminum, so you can feel better about what you're putting on your body. Native Deodorant is formulated without it. Uh, No aluminum, no parabens, no talc. It's also vegan and never tested on animals, which if it was, we would never have them (laughs) on the show. But I swear to God, I swear by this deodorant. Jordan, you do too. I've been looking for an aluminum-free deodorant that worked. Mm -hmm. And this one does. It holds up to my workouts, my 16-hour days, travel, everything. It actually works. It really does. 
Um, it's formulated, again, like I said, without aluminum or parabens. Uh, it's safe, made with safe ingredients, simple ingredients you can pronounce, like coconut oil and shea butter. Making the switch to an aluminum-free deodorant does not mean you have to sacrifice on performance. Like I said, Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. And without aluminum, it doesn't, like, turn the, like, everything I wear is black. It doesn't, like, turn your pits white. It doesn't stain your clothes. Um, but you're guaranteed with all their scents to find one you love. Their classic scents include lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, eucalyptus and mint, which is what I currently use, and coconut and vanilla. Native deodorant comes in a wide variety of options for men, women, and even teens, uh, and they offer unscented options and baking soda-free formulas for those with sensitivities. No risk to try. They have free shipping on every order, 30-day free returns and exchanges, no questions asked in the United States. Check out over the 9,000 five-star reviews they have from happy customers who made the switch to Native. Personally, I like that Native is a solid that goes on easily. And like I said, aluminum-free doesn't stain my clothes. So for 20% off, 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase. And that's at nativedeodorant.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. And now it's time for Jordan's Block. Ooh. I don't have a catchphrase yet. <laughs> I just like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> Dude. Okay, here we go. My first story. <clears throat> Got it, Dan. My very first story. Uh, By Jordan Coburn. Yes. Raw story is reporting this week that major red flags. We were just talking about red flags in raw the main episode. Raw story. Raw story. Um, they're reporting that uh, shit was real fucked up in Trump's tax returns. and <laughs> <laughs> That's the headline. <laughs> shit yeah. was real fucked up yeah. in Trump's tax returns. Mm-hmm. com. Yep. And New York is now looking into investigating. So what happened was Bill de Blasio, that's New York's mayor, uh, New York City, uh, he asked the Manhattan DA to investigate the differences between what Trump uh, apparently put in his tax filings versus what he had put down in his loan filings, a spokeswoman for the mayor said the Manhattan DA is the proper jurisdiction to investigate these claims as the city can only review what is directly reported to us. The DA has the jurisdiction to take appropriate steps if they find wrongdoing. So uh, a criminal referral basically has been made now uh, to Manhattan DA. And this is for the property. I forget. What is it? It's on it's on Wall Street. 44 Wall Street. Is that the address? What's the address? 400 Wall Street? His building? Yeah, it's yeah. his. Yeah, whatever. Whatever puts him in Manhattan DA's 44, jurisdiction. 40, 400? There's yeah, a four there's there. fours and there's <laughs> evil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but it's, yeah, so it's in their jurisdiction. So the city's Department of Finance um, can also pursue back taxes if they conclude that Trump's company has underpaid. Uh, but that information is confidential, Basically, though, we can just look forward to further investigation by the Manhattan DA into yeah. Trump. Yes. Yeah, so this is all that shit where his shit didn't match his other shit. Exactly. And all the shit is fucked up. So right. Now they're saying, now we're going to criminally look into it? Yes. And it's Cy Vance? Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah, specifically- Why is Tish James, man? Yeah. I don't like Cy Vance. Really? Mm-mm. Well, hopefully he does good work. Um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. But I mean, he already sort of didn't prosecute the um, Trump kids for their fraud, for their real estate fraud. Mm-hmm. He dropped that case. I don't know. Maybe it was a legit reason to drop it. Uh, or And he, I, I don't think he's going to have a case for the Mazars stuff. Mm-hmm. I think he had a misdemeanor case, but that that statute of limitations is passed mm-hmm. because everything's been uh, being litigated through yeah. the SCOTUS. I think he'll get the Mazars documents, but I mean, I don't know... Maybe there's something in there that he can he can press a felony fraud 
but he better make it good. Right. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed to see only a mention of paying back taxes because that basically seems like it amounts to a fine and not any sort of an actual like real, real legal consequence, which is what I'm always hoping for with him. Just something that contributes to his demise, ultimately. <laughs> but um, but I don't know. I might be wrong and I might be interpreting that wrong. Maybe there's actually really big consequences for it. It seems like there should be lying on your taxes and also on your loan applications because mm-hmm. it, it's just the same shit he's doing where he inflates his worth for for loan apps and deflates it, you know, yeah. for tax Taxes, purposes. Mm-hmm. Purpo- and then yeah. insurance. He, yes. Uh, yeah. Like he's lying about how many. Um, he also lied about the quickness of selling certain properties so that it seemed like it was on the upswing. Yeah. That lender that looks good to lenders. And exactly. it also helps you sell more condos. Yes. Exactly. Although I don't know why he needs help selling condos because a Russian will buy it inevitably <laughs> and run it through Cyprus. Yeah. So that's that. All right. Okay. And uh, next story. Trump's poster bro, Matt Gates, is getting shunned for challenging his fellow Republicans to vote to limit Trump's authority when it comes to Iran. Uh, I had to read this tweet I know. twice. Yeah, it's Three crazy. times. I was like, what? 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 And then I was like, is it Matthew Gertz? Do you know who Matthew Gertz is? He's like a, a reporter. He's on Twitter all the time. People mistake him for Gates. And he gets all this, all these terrible tweets. And he's like, hey. It's not Matthew Gates. Mm -hmm. I thought it was him. I was like, who said, is this, what? It took me a while. And I still am like, what? Yeah. Uh, Gates' legislative director named Devin Murphy, he sent out a letter to Republicans uh, on Thursday that said, reclaiming congressional power is the constitutional conservative position. So trying to maintain some sort of morals, I guess, consistency, I don't know could have done that earlier but if they're choosing to do that now i'm all for it we welcome it yeah well i mean it's also like a much more winnable battle than Mm -hmm. stuff like impeachment investigations Mm -hmm. because that is a pretty cut and dry argument like giving congress power versus the executive branch Mm -hmm. and more republicans have already turned their position on this too right three not that many but right wasn't there three republicans that voted with democrats on limiting trump's yes three and then eight dems voted against it yeah yeah i still don't know why exactly um but uh like man like these are like super oh, that's a senator but they're like super conservative um i should say moderate right. democrats from like trump like districts that trump won by 20 points or more yeah it's just so funny to watch congress vote against themselves <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah hey what? here's the thing we here look at what we came up with no yeah it's so, know. yeah, look at it. Look, here's a thing we came up with that would give us more power. Yeah. That we are constitutionally deserved. Maybe the, maybe they were like, ah, I don't know, I'm busy that week. Yeah. I'm yeah, I don't know. Lazy. I'm tired. I don't, I don't it, want that job. Yeah. Either way, Trump is really pissed, obviously, at Gates. Um, yes. Eric Ewan. Did you throw a milkshake at him? No. That'd be great. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Eric Uland, he's head of legislative affairs for the White House. He said the Trump administration was disappointed in the congressman's vote and is hopeful that as the president's foreign policy continues to unfold, he will reconsider his points of view. Um, that sounds reconsider. Anytime I hear a Republican say the word reconsider, I just think, oh, OK, so like a bribe is imminent then or mm-hmm. something or there's some, some kind of financial things slap make you in your face mind. yeah exactly <laughs> like brings him into the office like what do you think you're doing Smack i challenge hat. you to a duel <laughs> by sword to the death yeah no I, yeah 
It's, it's not weird. even Trump that's only pissed at him, too. Obviously, all the Republicans are coming out like, bro, what are you doing, bro? You're breaking our fucking line here. Come on, man. It's a picket line of It's like a weird injustice. red rover of, of, of toddlers angry that, yeah. that someone went to the other team. Yeah, precisely. So... I don't know. Have fun. Revel in Matt Gates being not a complete piece of shit just for a second, just for the soul, maybe. And then you can go back to your regular programmed hating uh, <laughs> the next time he opens his mouth. <laughs> um, okay. And finally, we have the huge story that came out right after we recorded, I think. It came out the next day, right? Yeah, because when we were recording, I think the bombs were being dropped mm-hmm. on the bases. And we were like, oh. War, war, and we like it was very, very terrifying. And then, yeah, I think within 24 hours, a couple hours later, this is this this happened, but we didn't learn about it until the next day. I'm pretty sure you're right. Right. So, um, yeah. Sorry, what we're vaguely referring to is, of course, uh, the Ukrainian airliner that got shot down. All passengers on board died, no survivors, and there was a lot of discrepancies over what may have caused that crash. And we learned from Iran itself that they are finally taking responsibility for what happened and saying that in what was an accident, uh, they're, they make it seem essentially, they say that it was human error, a bit of um, you know trigger happiness that happened when they were on high alert during that time. Right, uh, I guess they, the plane came in and made a hard turn and they thought, oh, that's a weird maneuver. And right, shot they didn't at it, think yeah. that it was a, yeah. So they shot at it, everybody died, and all of the people in Tehran are very, very upset, obviously. There's a lot of protests that have been happening. Hundreds of people have taken to the streets. Um, they're saying that Iran lied and that they're incompetent. Uh, they're demanding, you know, a response to this that's appropriate. And there's a lot of tension over there right now because there, you know, there's a history there of subduing protesters in violent ways. Sometimes there was a, a tweet from um, President Trump's account on Saturday, which was in all caps that said, do not kill your protesters. <laughs> Uh, thousands have already been killed or imprisoned by you and the world is watching. So that's obviously a dramatic phrasing of that. But, I mean, you can't deny the fact that there is a history of violence towards its own people. I um, was interested to see the Iranian people going back to protesting so quickly, their own government. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember, I know that there were uh, there was unrest with their government and their policies uh, among the people. But I think most of this had to do with specifically that plane Um going down right definitely i have just on the topic also of like iranians criticizing their own government and the du- the duality of that and also not feeding into super western sort of you know this kind of like more xenophobic motivation for criticizing them mm-hmm. i've been seeing a lot of really good posts from folks of iranian descent that's like you can you can not you can condemn the actions of the iranian government while also not buying into this sort of incredible amount of islamophobia and i think that that's an important thing to realize just the nuance of the history that does exist there it is true that citizens have had historically a very difficult time with their own government there it's also true that the u.s has made that a lot worse in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and and they've had diplomatic tensions that are very real and very present for a really long time so um, either way, complex and layered and nuanced. Yes, Imagine exa- that. exactly. No. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Apparently. And but, then, you know, you bring in the fact that uh, Trump is compromised by UAE and Saudi Arabia and 
there's issues there. Um, I mean, the you know the Middle East has never been simple, right? Who knew it could be so difficult? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for real, it's there's so many <clears throat> different uh, competing mm-hmm. sides and allies and mm-hmm. enemies and adversaries and and it's so complex. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you if you haven't like read any of Seth Abramson's books, it's important to know Trump isn't just a Russian asset. He's a he's a Saudi asset. He's an asset of UAE. Mm-hmm. He's an asset of Israel. He's and you know he's he's now answering. I mean, he's always answered to Putin. But I mean, when you think about how the Saudis play into this mm-hmm. and how when More of a and, than people think and how yeah and how after this whole strike, um, Iran was threatening. Uh, if we retaliated against their retaliation for our retaliation, then mm-hmm. they were going to go after Israel and Dubai. And, right. and that is probably one of the main reasons for the stand down, um, aside from the fact that there shouldn't have been an escalation in the first place because we shouldn't have, um, I don't think, gone after Soleimani. But yeah, you add this whole plane into the mix. Yeah, it's just very brutal. <laughs> it's it's incredibly. Lot. Yeah, it's incredibly emotionally brutal. Any way you slice it, um, this was a very emotional appeal the commander of iran's islamic revolutionary guard corps he said that he wished that he was on a plane so he wouldn't have felt so ashamed in front of his nation really yeah so there's just a lot of like genuine remorse yeah um and yeah it's just really tragic i mean this is like these are the effects of war yep this is what happens yep really accidents happen like think of even just the jet, like the notion of friendly fire and civilian casualties mm-hmm. on its own, that's something that always accompanies wartime. And even though we're not, you know, officially in war with them right now, mm-hmm. I would say murdering Soleimani is an act of war, as definitely as far as they're concerned. So this is not surprising that something tragic has happened so quickly. It's just really sad. Yeah, it is. Mm. It really is. I just yeah. hit my face on the microphone. That's what yeah. I was, sorry. Well, and it's also like it makes sense. I didn't punch you. I didn't punch Jordan. <laughs> Um, it makes sense that they would be on very high alert and be scared about skittish. what was going to happen in skittish. Yeah, right. right. It was a, it was a don't fly over Ar- Iran and Iraq moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone land your plane. Don't take off. Why mm-hmm. they took off while this was happening? Yeah, I don't know. That's I haven't heard I'd... details about that either. That's the thing I can't understand why Tehran was allowing planes to take off. Right. In that in that region that they're monitoring for foreign aircraft and stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's really scary. Maybe I, probably honestly everyone. just a breakdown of communication. Right. Yeah. Simply. Yeah. But I think that them owning up to it is like the best thing that they could do for their people right now, obviously. Yeah. Well, even I mean they're still mad, but yeah, they Definitely. did own up and they apologized. I I don't know what else to like. What else do you do? Right. I mean, I guess they could have just kept denying it, but yeah, I imagine as a civilian there, and this is completely imaginary because yeah, I'm white as fuck and have zero actual ties um, <laughs> to any folks that are actually truly affected by all of this. But it's the U.S. has like as we've talked about previously has really really fucked over Iran mm-hmm. and a, and a lot of other countries in that region obviously, um, in like unforgivable ways. But then on the other side, I've also heard, you know, there's a lot of discontent with the ways that the the folks that kind of came in and like rose to power when the opportunity existed. There's a lot of flaws with how they handled their power as well. So they have frustrations with 
this m- incredibly powerful U.S. government that's constantly fucking with them and their own government that's not doing a great job at times, a lot at a lot of times, taking care of them. Yeah, I mean that they became an Islamic Republic. The U.S. shares blame for that, right? But what that Islamic Republic does in mm-hmm. and of itself mm-hmm. isn't all our fault, right? Do you know what I mean? Is I think that's a, kind of what you're getting. That's at. exactly it's what like, I'm saying. You can't just blame the U.S. Even though you could definitely make the argument that it is what has like kicked sure. off and sustained these kinds of tensions, but still, I know that these. But folks, you can't take responsibility for everything that they do within that Islamic Republic government, right? So even though their government right now is kind of using language that's like, "Oh, this wouldn't have happened if the U.S. didn't escalate," while logically that is true, it's also like it also wouldn't have yeah. happened if humans didn't evolve. Like, yeah. The main issue... It wouldn't have happened if we got taken out by a meteor. Right. A um, hundred thousand years ago either. Yes, exactly. I do think, though, that the main existential truth is they wouldn't be embroiled in all of this conflict if Western countries weren't constantly trying to capitalize off of other Their folks' oil, resources. Yeah. yeah. Just over time, all the time. And mm-hmm. colonization. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's going to breed Colonization, pillaging of the resources. Yep. 100%. It breeds instability that they just continue, we just continue to exploit, so... Yeah. That is true. And that we installed the Shah. It was specifically us and Britain mm-hmm. that installed the Shah that had the little regime change there. Yep. So yeah, high five, Winston. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. And just the history of violence that those civilians have had to endure over time is just unimaginable. And in that resentment. region in general. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah, right. I can't, I can't even imagine. No. I cannot even imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, um, we're so fucking privileged and lucky to be over here in our like prissy ass safe country we always feel like oh they won't attack here you know we have such like an entitlement there i mean of course there was 9-11 but the reason that was so fucking devastating is because we have such a sense of constant security here we don't mm-hmm. have to worry about a entire passenger jet accidentally getting shot out of this guy and killing everyone that's fucking tragic yeah yeah it's a lot to deal with mm-hmm. <sighs> all right um Thanks. thank you for uh yeah for those uplifting <laughs> no, I feel your rage. I see you. I meet you in your rage. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% mm-hmm. with yeah, it just too. sucks. It also sucks to not understand it fully and feel like totally failed by the history of our own uh-huh. school system. I stuff. hate that so much. Yeah. When I'm trying to delve into politics in the Middle East in that whole region, I'm, I'm, everything seems so new to me, Same. and I feel so just uneducated and Same. ignorant about uh, like, oh, well, because, and then you've got people like, well, why don't they just do this and and that there's context. 900 reasons mm-hmm. and every single action that any president has taken except this one has a hundred people behind it with a hundred considerations and all you know he just goes out and just does shit but you know careful presidents trying to act properly in the region to maintain some semblance of stability mm-hmm. have to make so many considerations and probably so many concessions that they wouldn't normally make right. as a human being exactly and it sucks yes. but it is it, that is how it how the middle east is yeah. right now and it's not because it's a bad place or a good place it's just a very complicated place mm-hmm. it's complicated totally yeah and i honestly don't understand like the first half of it yeah yeah, the history, uh, probably, you know, somewhat similar, the history that you learn in a public school in Canada or the U.S. is like pretty white, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't prepare you. Oh, yeah. Very why, well. why would they teach us when they're teaching us about like World War Two in that era? 
Why would they tell us about something like, oh, yeah, and the in the U.S. government overthrew a democratic election mm-hmm. in various other countries? You know, it's like you can't even, yep. especially can't, with our all, we bring democracy to the world. Right, exactly. When we brought the opposite, using yeah. our CIA mm-hmm. in a covert coup d'etat. Who, by the way, you're supposed to trust law enforcement and they're uh, the good guys all the time. And Happy law enforcement day. Right, exactly. Which is like, I mean... Obviously, there's a lot of law enforcement that do incredible things for the country. But yeah, you you literally can't teach us everything that has happened because, especially when you're young in school, because your brain can't even compute. Otherwise, you would not pledge allegiance. That sort to the of flag. hypocrisy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just trying to learn fucking math. You right. know? But then you grow up, and it's like. What? Yeah. Oh, why do these people hate us or something? Yeah. Or you're like, why don't you just do this? Mm-hmm. You clearly don't have an understanding of what's happening over there. Yeah. So thank you for that reporting. I'm going to continue to research this just because Mm -hmm. I I feel like I could probably study um, Middle East politics for the rest of my life and still not know. Absolutely. A tenth of what I should. Yeah. Uh, We will be right back with good news right after this. Hey, everybody. It's AG and this Helping the Daily Beans is brought to you by Root Insurance. This is car insurance for new drivers. Uh, It can be crazy expensive, even if you're a good driver. And that's why I'm so glad I found Root Insurance. Root Insurance thinks the old way of pricing car insurance is not fair. So they developed a mobile app that measures driving behavior. So instead of basing your car insurance rate on your credit score or your age or your gender or your zip code, Root bases rates primarily on how you drive. By removing bad drivers from the equation, Root saved good drivers up to 52% in 2019. There's a reason why Root has been featured in Forbes, TechCrunch, Wired, The Washington Post, and Fortune magazine. In 2019, Root was the fastest growing direct insurance company in the United States. They're the world's first mobile-first car insurance company. Um, Their insurance card is available right on your phone, and if you get into an accident, you can file a claim directly in the app. It's car insurance made easy. It takes the headaches out of it, cuts out the middlemen. It just makes it so much easier. And their rates are based on how you drive primarily, not who you are. And all you have to do is download the Root Insurance app, drive normally for a few weeks during the Root test drive, and see how much you can save. Don't wait and give Root a try. Head to your app store and download the Root Insurance app and sign up in less than a minute to start your test drive today. That's Root, R-O-O-T. Again, download the Root app today or visit joinroot.com to learn more and see how much you could save. Root reserves the right to refuse to quote any individual premium rate for the insurance advertised herein. Savings based on national reviews reported by actual customers. Form number one, not available in all states. This product is not available in California. All right, it's time for good news. It's time for good news. And during his junior year at Scarsdale High School in New York, Wolf Kukier, or Kukier, or Kukier, landed a two-month internship with NASA. And during the summer of 2019, he traveled down to NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center in Maryland. His first assignment was to examine variations in star brightness um, captured by the Transit Exoplanet Survey Satellite. We call it TESS. Well, they call it TESS. I don't. I'm not part of NASA. But if I were, I would call it TESS. And this is a part of the Planet Hunters uh, Citizen Science Project. The Citizen Science Project allows people who don't work for NASA to help find new planets. Just three days into his internship, he discovered a new planet. Fuck yeah. The junior in high school. NASA NASA announced this week on their website after confirming the teenager's work, submitting a paper that he co-authored for scientific review and announcing the discovery of the planet now named TOI-1338b at the 235th American Astronomical Society meeting. So he found a planet. That's exciting. I was looking through the data and everything the volunteers had flagged as an eclipsing binary, a system where two stars circle around each other. And from our view, the eclipse, um, each uh, other every 
sorry, they eclipsed each other every orbit. Um, and about three days in my internship, I saw a signal from a system called TOI 1338. At first, I thought it was a stellar eclipse, but by the timing, it was wrong for a stellar eclipse, and it turned out to be a planet. That's so That's awesome. exciting. I the like twelve year old boy inside me is like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, new planet. I know. Ooh, can you exciting. imagine? He's like an unpaid intern discovering planets. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm donating my salary. <laughs> Oh, that's just so cool. Congratulations, kid. Yeah. Wolf. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Wolf. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Wolf kookie eye. Great. Anyway, also, um, a federal judge is allowing E. Jean Carroll's suit to go forward. All right. Hell yeah. That's so, the writer who claimed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, defamation? Trump raped her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't she suing him for defamation? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Discovery will be interesting. Yep. <laughs> All these suits are allowed to go forward, probably right around the time of the election. All mm-hmm. these suits are going to be coming out. Um, and right now it's time for a little Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Uh, so Friday, we learned an Alaska judge has ruled in favor of an effort to recall Alaska's Republican governor, Mike Dunleavy, saying the division of elections was wrong to reject the recall campaign. Alaska Superior Court Judge Eric Arseth said this question is for the voters and the Constitution makes that very clear. This ruling will certainly be appealed, but this ruling will allow recall supporters to continue collecting signatures to try to force a special election. You need about 72,000 registered voters to sign the petition because you have to have 25% of the number of people who voted in the last general election. And they have about 50,000. And now they've this kind of gives them more time. But the I'm sure the appeal, there, there will be an appeal, and it will likely include a motion to halt signature gathering. But this judge says he won't approve it, although the Supreme Court could. Uh, if Dunleavy is recalled, he would be replaced with Republican Lieutenant Governor Kevin Meyer. All right. Hmm. Recall. <laughs> Power to the people. And let's take a look at uh, Ruby Worm's calendar. She always puts out the best calendars. Uh, starting on the 13th, we have the trial beginning for the Panama Papers in the Southern District of New York. And in the Eastern District of Virginia, we have the trial beginning for George Nader. All right. Panama Papers, wow, that was 2015, wasn't it? Yeah. Jesus, they're just starting it now? Mm-hmm. That's how the, slow the slow justice system is. Slow justice. On the 14th, USA versus Concord Management. Management. So there's a scheduling conference for that. Mm. Uh, and on the 15th, uh, former state GOP chairman Robin Hayes sentencing is, is tentatively scheduled for the 15th. What did he do again? I don't know. Robin Hayes. Google it while, I'm, while I go forward. All right. Uh, 16th, Jufree versus Maxwell Ooh. conference at 10 a.m. Oh, shit. Uh, and then next week uh, is my birthday. And on the 21st, um, I'm going to be traveling, going to be on Melissa Milano's podcast. Woo-hoo. And Michael Avenatti uh, trial begins, his Nike extortion trial. Jesus. Uh, on the 22nd, Michael Flynn's supplemento memo due uh, by noon. And then, of course, the 28th, USA versus Michael Flynn sentencing, 11 a.m. Eastern. So you'll wake up Monday morning to a nice surprise. Yeah, hopefully Uh, six months. And then on the 30th, the Roger Stone sentencing memo is due. uh, And the FBI corruption probe, Imperial Pacific International Grand Jury testimony is happening. And Summer Zervos versus Donald Trump on the 31st must participate in deposition. Trump has to oh my god in the, oh in the my. summer Zervos case so fun month thanks to uh ruby worms for putting out those calendars they're really helpful yeah you follow her on twitter if you mm-hmm. get a chance 
Um, Robin Hayes, former North Carolina Republican Party chairman, faces up to six months in prison after agreeing to plead guilty to lying to the FBI in a sweeping federal bribery case. Yep, that's it. That's the There one. you go. He's 74, one of four men indicted last spring on multiple charges of conspiracy and bribery. Can we indict these fuckers when they're in their 50s, at least, <laughs> so they can stop criming? criming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Criming into the golden years, brought to you by the Republican Party. <laughs> Come join us, the early bird special at Denny's, and we'll discuss how to crime into your golden years. Mm-hmm. God. We could do a commercial, really, honestly. Five ninety nine. Be a nice peas and up. liver and onions, and learn how to crime into your <laughs> into your retirement. You need a reverse mortgage? No, I'm criming. <laughs> God, that's their retirement plan. It is. Like I don't need to save all my assets will be seized. <laughs> all right, that is our show uh, for today. Thank you so much. I hope we got enough good news there for you at the end. It's kind of a heck of a week, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to keep keep it's not stopping. Bell's mm-hmm. going to keep on rolling. Your so any final thoughts? Uh, no. Well, other than my retirement plan is to live on a big gay farm. <laughs> so that's big my gay farm. Yeah, I just want to live in a giant commune and grow my own vegetables. That sounds doable. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Hell yeah. What's your retirement plan? Do you want to do it in California oh, or would you accept farm plan. anywhere? You know what? We'll see where's livable by then. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Uh, Montana could be tropical. Light. Right? I mean, I have a Canadian passport, y'all. <laughs> Maybe I'll move to the Arctic. I know. It'll Vancouver's be... looking really nice, yeah. mostly because it's going to be tropical in a few years. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you? Retirement plan? Mm. Um, well, I would like to ideally, I think, be able to work for like a really long time as like a writer. Mm. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So I would like to work until I die. It's a very American, American thing of you to say. I don't know. Just use my brain, you know? Mm-hmm. Be surrounded by friends, I guess. Nice. Do some old lady shit. <laughs> some Betty White life. That sounds cool. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Oh, hey, just a sec. Do some Betty White shit. You're like, hey, Weird. can I do some Betty White shit? And Very your strange. phone goes, just a sec. Yeah, my phone identifies now as I Betty know White. What, <laughs> now I want to know what Betty White shit is going to recommend. <laughs> cool. Retirement plans. Oh, yeah, me. Um, this is this. Right. Mm-hmm. I am. I consider myself retired. If I went to open my four hundred one k, and there's like, what? What are your retirement plans? I'm like, this. This is it. This mm-hmm. is my retirement. I am retired. This is what I do <laughs> now, and I will do it like you until I die. Mm-hmm. I can't not do this mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. or forever. Mm-hmm. What you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yep. Anyway, and that. Uh, thank you for being on the other end and listening to it. Otherwise, I would really have no point. Mm-hmm. Although I probably, I think I could just sit in here and have nobody <laughs> listen and just talk. I think I could, I think I could totally do that. Ramblings of a mad woman. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on video, release it, like one person. They got, you got two views this week. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please have a wonderful week. We will see you tomorrow on The Daily Beans. Uh, and please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. Been Amanda Reader. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>